Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. My name is Jim, and today, like every time I do an episode of this show, I want to find interesting stories. Now back when I started this podcast, we used to turn a subject spinner to find seeds of subjects that I could then do some research and extract a story from. Now it's been a while since we've done that, but I'm really keen to do it again. So let's bring in the subject randomizer and give it a spin. Okay then, it felt really good to find today's subject through the spinner. Sometimes it's really nice to just take a subject that I am interested in and then try and make a story from it, but there is a random deliciousness from spinning a randomizer and finding that as your seed. Today's subject as well is a perfect example of using what the randomizer lands on uh, to try and find a really interesting story. What it landed on today was the American Association of Men in Nursing. This is a professional organization for nurses who work to improve the gender inclusion in the nursing profession. When it landed on this, I wasn't too sure where I could go with it. But then I realized that male nurses often are underrepresented in the public consciousness in the job, and actually finding out the history and background of men in nursing could be really interesting. So let's get right to it. Firstly, I believe it is important to point out that male nurses in popular culture are often invisible and rarely seen by the public. They don't really appear in television or film, and at worst they may be seen as the butt of the joke. A prime example of this is in Meet the Parents, when Ben Stiller's character, who as a profession is a male nurse, is joked about and derided by the father-in-law figure played by Robert De Niro. For a whole selection of reasons, the profession of nurse has been seen as a more feminine career path, and therefore has struggled to gather as many men to join the profession and change this stereotype. Of course, in reality, there is nothing specifically womanly, or manly for that matter, in nursing. It is a job which anyone can do. And the numbers of male nurses has increased a lot since the beginning of when men entered the nursing profession. In fact, the American Association for Men in Nursing, when it was opened in 1971 by Steve Miller, it was set up as a group for him and like-minded men in Michigan. The group now claims to have 23,000 members all across the USA, which shows, perhaps, in a microcosm, how many more men have entered nursing. I want to look a little bit further back, however, at the very beginning of men entering this line of work. 
When you look back in history, it's quite difficult to know the specific numbers of nurses, regardless of gender, when you look back more than a hundred or so years. In the UK, there was, in 1919, a Nurses Registration Act, which set up a general nursing council and set them the task of requiring to maintain a register for all nurses in England and Wales. It was organised not only to distinguish nurses between their different specialities, such as mental health and paediatric nursing, as well as containing a general register for all those trained in general nursing as well. One of the major proponents of this register was the matron of St Bartholomew's Hospital, Ethel Fenwick. She believed that as an industry, nursing was under-regulated and needed more structure to modernise it and make it a trusted and professional career. What had happened, however, was a series of abuses and scandals, which led many, including her, to pursue reform. She said, quote, Had hospital managers and certified nurses responded to a sense of public and professional duty 30 years ago, the profession of nursing would by now be a highly skilled, well-disciplined and well-remunerated body. As it is, abuses have multiplied, and although the Act lays sound foundations upon which to build, the whole superstructure of professional organisation must be built up." End quote. Now at the time of the creation of this register, there was a divide. On one side for women, and the other side for the much smaller number of male nurses. In a way, it's believed that this was to create some divide between the genders. As for many of the nursing reformers, they hoped to create an occupation in nursing that was exclusively for women. In 1898, even Ethel Fenwick, the lady we referred to earlier, who helped bring in the registry, when talking to a conference of matrons, she'd said that if the public wanted trained male nurses, then they would have them, maybe anticipating that there would not be the required demand. Indeed, this was incorrect because there was a high demand for suitably trained men to care for male patients with their physical illnesses. So in 1922, when the first register was written up, there were 15 male names added to the list, with a further 9 added before the end of the year. To show the disparity in numbers between the genders, between these you know, 24 or so men, there was around 10,000 female general nurses registered at the same time. Of this monumentous record, the first male name to be added was one George Dunn of Liverpool, who, with his other fellow male nurses, had received training in the Royal Army Medical Corps. And of these uh, first batch, two had been trained in hospitals in India and one in Malta. 
the four civilian nurses who hadn't taken their training through a military background were all trained at the Hackney Union Infirmary in London. And if I was to try and dispel the surrounding thoughts of nurses being a womanly career, then to understand the times is very important. It was a few years after the completion of the First World War, and there were 11 of the initial male nurses who had had military experience in this bloody and dirty war. At least one other, a Harold Whitcomb, served in the Boer War as well. These were no mere meek men. A little bit more information on the others. There were three who were also on the mental part of the register, including George Essex, who later became chief male nurse at Harrison Mental Hospital in Dorset. And there were seven men who were working in prisons at the time of registration. Three in the Hackney Union Infirmary, and one for the Male Nurses Temperance Cooperative which was an agency for private nurses. Due to how long ago this was, and maybe also down to the fact of the uh, lacking in records and interest, it can be difficult to follow the careers of these initial men. After registration, most continued as nurses, but some did not. Edward Bryant, who was the 10th on the register, had an illustrious career in the RAMC, serving in Egypt, France, and on hospital ships during World War I, and rose to the position of acting sergeant major. In 1939, he was still on the register, but working as a station officer for the London Fire Brigade this time. One of the youngest men on this early register was a man named Frederick Stratton, who, like his brother, trained in the Hackney Infirmary. Now, he started training in 1914, but was drafted into the army and did not qualify until 1920. In 1923, he was elected unopposed to the General Nursing Council and represented male nurses on the supplementary register until 1932. More and more men were added to the register each time it was re-completed, and by the beginning of World War II, there were roughly 528 men registered. Now this still was percentage-wise less than 0.5% of all general nurses, but the numbers were definitely rising. I feel like it is a bit interesting that roughly it was equal, 50-50% of the male nurses came through both civilian and military backgrounds. This meant that there wasn't just a big drive due to the conflicts that were going on, but also a more grassroots belief in it being a career for men, and also a desire for those who wanted to pursue it. Even with all this, numbers remained lower than their female counterparts. And it could be argued that the disparity came from the separation 
between the female and male nurses. There were so many more ladies in the role that its perception was definitely influenced that way. Representatives around this time were arguing to combine the registers so that both female and male nurses were identified together. Initial requests for this came out in 1943 and drew criticism from women in the profession. Before long, however, in the 1949 Nurses Act, the supplementary register just for male nurses was abolished, and for the first time, both men and women joined the general register alongside as colleagues. The perception of nursing as a women's profession did remain, however, and in the early 1950s, approximately only 7% of general nurses were male. In today's times, and nearly 70 years later, there has been a rise, but it's not as much as you may have expected. Only 11% of modern-day nurses are men. Throughout the world, there have been drives to try and bring a little bit more balance gender-wise to the profession, and I guess linking back to the seed that started off this episode, the American Association for Men in Nursing, one of its primary stated aims is to encourage and support those men in nursing, and in a way, provide support to those men who choose to make it their career. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. I really enjoyed spinning the subject randomised today. It felt good to do that again. I also really enjoyed learning a little bit about the history of nursing, where men entered into this line of work, and still the stark gender imbalance of those in the role. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you did enjoy, then following or subscribing to the show is truly the best way to support it. Sharing any episode you particularly connect with is also a great way too. If you have any recommendations for future episodes, I'm always on the hunt for interesting ideas that I can learn more about. Please feel free to send me a message on Twitter or Facebook at Podcast Tale, and if I like your suggestion, I may just make an episode on it. Again, that's at Podcast Tale. Thank you in advance to all those who get in contact. For everything you attempt today and this week, I wish you all the best for, and hope you achieve success in all you try. I look forward to speaking to you all again soon, for another Toasted Tale by the Fireside.